Uh, one quick shameless plug. Uh, this Wednesday, you heard Pastor Justin talk about breakfast for dinner. And I'm just going to tell you, the Lord hath anointed something about breakfast for dinner. Can I get an amen? I'm talking about when you start thinking about bacon and you start thinking about eggs benedict, I hear. Maybe not waffles, but eggs benedict, I hear we're having. You start talking about gravy and you start talking about biscuits. I'm telling you what, heaven is rejoicing right now. So I want to encourage you. I, I would love to see everybody in this room uh, here on Wednesday night. It has been a blast. The students are going to join in this time too. So uh, we're excited about it. So come hang out on Wednesday night as a, as a church family. And also I just wanted to also talk about food just to be mean as well because I'm going to preach for two hours. And, uh, and you know, I, I hope that you're, uh, hope you're not really hungry because it's going gonna, it's gonna to last a while. So, no, I, I'll, I'll uh, get you out of here. No promises, but I'll get you out of here pretty quick. But today, um, as I was thinking about what to share on uh, over the last few weeks, I, I thought I would share on something that, that I personally am walking through because I feel like the best word to share with somebody else is sometimes what God is preaching to you, what the Holy Spirit is, is kind of working on in you. It's always a good thing because I'm, I'm knee-deep in this. And um, today I've titled this The Faith Fix. Everybody say The Faith Fix. Um, you know, any time that I get an opportunity to share with you, I want to give you something that, that is good for not just today. Really, I want this to be something that you can take with you into your Monday and your Tuesday and your Wednesday and on through the rest of your week. It's really, really good when we get together for a good word on Sunday morning, but the main thing is that we take that word out of this place and we take it into the places that we work and we take it into our homes, we take it into uh, everywhere that we interact with people, basically. That's what we want to do. This is for us to get together, study the word, and then go out and make an impact in the world around us. Amen? So that's what I want to do. I want to challenge us today with that. Um, I want to talk to you about something that at face value it seems so elementary, and it seems so point blank. It seems like one of those things that you should just flat out understand. And I think there's this, this level of shame and guilt associated to us. Sometimes when we don't understand the word faith, you know, there's this guilt like, oh, I should, I should understand that. That's like kindergarten Christianity right there. I, I should know what faith is. And we have our textbooks an textbook answers, and we have our coined responses. But I don't know that we really know what faith is. I know that God has been walking me through a journey over the last little bit where he's teaching me more and more about what faith truly is. And as I walk through my, my journey, you know, I, the word says that God takes us from glory to glory in our walk with him. And that every single day of our lives, he says that we're supposed to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And I don't know about you, but some days it feels like fear and trembling with me. Like I, I know that God has work to do in me, and that's a little bit scary. But I, wanna, I want us to relax right now. I want everybody to take a deep breath and realize this is a judgment-free zone. There is a lunk alarm here. Like, if, 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 if somebody's judgy pants, we'll ask them to be escorted out by one of the dudes in the green shirt. But I'm telling you, you're not, you're not a crazy person if you've struggled with your faith before. If faith is this word that has been frustrating to you, if this is something that, that you, you haven't quite grasped yet, you're not some kind of crazy person. You're just a person. You're just a normal human being that is walking out your faith. It is normal for us to ask questions and to walk through this so that we can learn to trust in God. So I want to talk about faith this morning, and I want to talk about the faith fix. A lot of us have come in here. I know I have preconceived notions in my life that need to be fixed about my faith. I've had these ideas that I've generated, and they may not have come from anybody or anything other than my own mind, and I've got faith upside down sometimes. 
I, I think that faith is a magic wand or like, you know, sometimes, as I was thinking about this, I think faith is this word that we think of sometimes, and it's like the word unicorn to us. It's like we know it's this mythical creature, rainbow-colored with a horn, and it may or may not exist somewhere in fairy tales. And I think we, we, we put faith in the box with this, like, mystical, mysterious, weird stuff, and faith isn't weird. Everybody say faith isn't weird. God never set up faith to be this thing that we could never, ever understand this side of heaven, glory to God. He never set it up to where we couldn't figure out what faith really did in our lives. Like, faith is something that takes place in us that has an effect on our lives, and God's not hiding stuff from us. It would do a lot of us a lot of good to realize, hey, God wants you to win in life. He's not trying to hide stuff from you. He's a good father, and he desires the very, very best for you. Do you understand me? He desires the best for you. No matter what you've done in your life, no matter what you've walked in here with, no matter how badly you think you've messed it up, God desires the best for you. And he desires for you to have a strong faith in him that's going to carry you through the rest of your life. Amen? Faith isn't weird. It's not this strange thing. I want everybody to do something real quick just so we can disarm each other. I want you to look to the person on your left. I want you to tell them no worries. And on your right, tell them to say no worries. No worries. We're going to walk through a little... That's right. No worries. We're going to walk through a little bit of a, a study on faith. There's no judgy pants in here. And I want to tell you, too, before we get too far into the scripture I'm about to read, I, I want to tell you something else. This, you may be on the fence about God's word or the truth in God's word or the validity of it, but I want, I want to tell you something. This is not a book of fairy tales. The Bible is not a once upon a time deal. The words in, in that Bible, the words in that text and those scriptures are 100% true 100% of the time. And God loved us so much that he gave us a roadmap. God didn't try to make things confusing on us. And so he gave us scripture to follow, and he gave us a plan to go by. Amen? Isn't that so cool? I love it when I have a plan that I can go by. I love that. Uh, something my, my dad is here. Hey, Dad. How's it going, Papa? Everybody say hey to my dad. He's really cool. My dad's awesome. Uh, my dad uh, used to have, have this joke, like, when I wasn't quite getting something, dad would say, do you want me to draw you a picture? Would you like for me to draw you a picture? And so actually, my father, took, I took that very deep spiritual truth there from my dad and applied it to my spiritual walk. And so if I'm walking through a confusing moment in my faith, one of the things that I'll do, because God's my, my father in heaven, I can talk to him like a real person. I don't have to talk in King James, right? I can go, hey, father, I'm going to need you to draw me a picture right here. I need you to draw me a picture because I'm not, I'm not getting this. And so when I encounter difficulty, I, I'd encourage you to, you can steal that from me. You can pay me royalties if you want to, but I'm giving it to you for free. When you're in a moment in your life and you're questioning your faith, or you're questioning what God is doing, just ask him, hey, Father, will you, will you draw me a picture? I'm, I'm having trouble getting it right there. And what's funny is God will speak to you crazy thing is, if you're listening up, God's going to speak to you. He's given us, given us his Holy Spirit that speaks to us, and it leads us and guides us. The Holy Spirit leads us and guides us into all truth. And so it's not, we don't have to wander through life confused about faith. But uh, as I was getting ready to talk about faith, crazy thing is, the Lord's Word, the Bible, has an entire chapter 
called the faith chapter. What? You, what? The Bible has something relevant for my life right now about literally the thing I'm walking through? What? No way. Wait, it's got a whole chapter, Hebrews 11. And so today I'm going to read, I'm reading literally two verses from Hebrews 11 today. And I hope it blows your mind so much that, that you go back and you read the, the in-between part. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of bookend Hebrews 11 for you. I'm going to read the very first verse, and then I'm going to read one of the very last verses. And, and then I'm, I want you to go back and do a little homework. All right, yeah, kids, you thought school was out, didn't you? Ah, you're going to do homework today. So, but it's, it's, it'll take you five minutes, but it's so important. You need to go back and read this. But check this out. Hebrews 11.1, let's, let's, let's check this out. I want to give a shout-out, too, to Mikey. Mikey's our media guy. And Mikey is leaving. This is his last Sunday for the summer. We love you, dude. You are amazing. Guys, I want to tell you that 90% of what happens in this place is controlled by that dude right there. He's amazing. Yeah. And Mikey will probably kill me after service. So if you don't see me next Sunday, you know what happened. He'll smile while he does it, too. He's sneaky. All right, so we're going to read this scripture. Thank you, Mikey. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is the substance, everybody say substance, of things hoped for, and it's the evidence, evidence of things not seen. So I want you to think about this scripture for just a moment. And, and when we read this scripture, I want you to think about the times in your life, and maybe it's right this second, where you have felt hopeless, and you felt a lack of hope in your life. Could it be perhaps, could it be, that it's not a hope problem, but it's a faith problem. Because you see, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. So the, our faith is the substance of all our hope. So we're going to unweird the word faith here for you. Faith is, is the substance. It's the meat and potatoes of hope, all right? It's our foundation. It's the thing we can bolt our lives to. It's the very makeup and the very substance of our hope and our destiny. All of our dreams, all of that stuff is built upon the fact that we must have faith. All right? Everything in our life is built upon the perspective of faith that we have. See, faith is the, is the lens that we see everything through. And depending on how you view faith, that will determine how you view life in general. Faith interprets our life for us. Uh, so I'm going to share a story with you, and I need you to bear with me because I have five kids, and when I get up here in the pulpit, I'm going to talk about my kids. So I'm sorry, hashtag sorry, not sorry, all right? So here's the deal. I want to I share with you about perspective, and I want to use my kids to do it because that's what, that's what pastors do when they have kids, all right? So uh, every single year, we have a tradition in the Buckner family uh, we go on vacation with my mom and dad and my grandma and then my whole, my grandma's here too. She's cool. She's why I'm crazy. All right. So uh, we go on vacation and typically it's to somewhere at the beach. It, well, it's always somewhere at the beach in the summer. All right. Because let's be real. I've got five kids and I'm not going on vacation unless Papa's paying for it. Thank you, Papa. We love you. All right. That's the reality. I'm sorry, we're, so we're, we're usually headed down to the beach somewhere, all right. So we're cruising down, Buckner style, seven kids in the car, DVD players going, iPods going, kids throwing stuff, milk being spilled, juice boxes being projectiled into our faces, missing exits, you know the deal, you know how you do. And uh, so we're tra traveling down the road, and 
every trip we get in, this is weird. I think my kids are the only ones in the world who do this, and I'm going to blame my wife for it, I guess. But, like, they, they start asking this question. Yeah, oh, your kids do that too. Okay, so they start asking this question, and typically it's about the time we get to Sparta. And so they start going, hey, Dad, are we there yet? Yeah, you see the beach? Check out, check it out, Bachman Way, man, a.k.a. Paradise City. And, and so they ask the question, and usually, like, one of them is the martyr for the group. And so typically it's going to be Betty that does this because she's kind of my drama queen. Bella's old enough to know, like, I'm not ever asking that question. It's like, hey, Betty, why don't you ask for us? And so, so typically it's like Betty or Zane, one of my middle kids that doesn't know any better yet, you know. Uh, and, and so my older kids will bait them into, Dad, are we there yet? And so I will, ca- I will calmly and lovingly with the most heartfelt generosity and patience respond always, well, sweetheart, you know we're not there yet. You know, we're, we're, we sure aren't. We're in Sparta. And uh, we're, uh, we're a good nine hours away, okay? So what I'm going to need you to do is I'm going to need you to not ask that question anymore. And siblings, hey, everybody, listen up. The next one of you that asks that question is walking the rest of the way to Florida. If you ask that question one more time, so help me God, I will get up out of this driver's seat. And I will come back there and do absolutely nothing to you except tell you not to say that again. Because I'm like, man, if I would have done that when I was a kid. Sorry, Dad, I'm throwing you under the bus. I have a complex. I'm a middle child. I'm just like, but, but they will always ask the question. It's the same thing every single trip we go on. We can, we can be going to Nashville. Hey, Dad, how much longer till we get there? So here's what I've learned as a father because I figured everything out at this point as a father. Uh, I, I have learned that, that I preemptively strike these days. I, uh, when we get in the van, we're about to pull out of the garage. We always pray. We make one of the kids. We force them to pray. You know, you got to teach them to be spiritual by forcing them to pray. That's, that's how you do it. And, and so I, one of us will pray for real, and, and we'll pray for a great safe trip and a lot of fun and that we'll grow closer together as a family and all this stuff. And then um, the next thing I'll say, all right, kiddos, all right, so we're going to the beach. So what do you see when you're getting close to the beach? And we'll make a game out of it. And they're like, oh, we're going to see bridges, and we're going to see stuff. And I'm like, palm trees is typically the first thing that you see, all right? When you're driving to the beach, those are the first things you kind of start to see, and you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, we're getting close to the beach now. Uh-huh. And, and so I said, look, kids, if you'll start looking for the palm trees, then you're going to know this. You're going to know, listen up. This is, you're going to know when you start seeing palm trees, the ocean is coming. The ocean is coming. When, when you start seeing those palm trees, I'm all right with you getting a little giddy back there in your seat. I'm all right with you hitting your little brother a little bit more because I know you're anxious, and I'm okay with you getting excited because the ocean is coming. I'm seeing palm trees. Then we start to see sand. Then we see a little bit of water. And we, then we see, Here's the ocean, and we get there, and we've all made it alive, and no one has killed each other inside the van. No one has thrown anybody outside of the van. The ocean is coming. The ocean is coming. 
And, and you know, there comes a point in my kids' life and on our journeys together where they just have to learn to trust me. They've got to learn to trust me. They've got to learn to say, you know what? Dad said we're going to start seeing palm trees, and I don't see any palm trees right now. All I see are some really sharp turns on Spencer Mountain, and then nothing. But I know that my dad told me that there's palm trees coming, and so if my dad told me that there's palm trees coming, I probably should listen to my dad. And you know what? My kids have gotten to the point where they blindly trust me, and when I say that there's going to be palm trees, they don't think, what if there's no palm trees? What if my dad has deceived me and we're really going to, like, Albuquerque? They don't do that. My kids know when I say they're going to see palm trees, they're going to see some freaking palm trees. And so they trust me implicitly. At some point in our walk with the Lord, we get this idea that God is trying to trick us. And it is the farthest thing from the truth. The Lord has told you, you're going to see this stuff in your life. As you walk through your faith, I need you to trust me because I'm not playing tricks on you. I'm not doing a bait and switch on you. I've given you your destination, and I promise you that along the way, you might have a flat tire, and we may yell at each other a little bit, but there's some palm trees, and I'm telling you, the ocean is coming. You need to trust me. God is not trying to trick you guys. He's not trying to trick us in our walk and do bad things to us. When something bad happens in your life, the Lord is not being mean to you. He's not trying to make your life miserable. That's not who our Father is. I want you to ask a question. This is something that Pastor Justin has taught me, and he's taught a lot of us that have gone through the voice. I want you to think about something. In your life, these situations that you're walking through, when you start to blame God for it and you start to see these negative things happening in your life and you think, well, the Lord must be punishing me, I want you to think about if that is the character of our Father. Is, is that who God is? It's not who he is. It's not. The enemy is the one that has come to steal, kill, and destroy. That's not our Father. So when God tells us we're going to see palm trees, we're going to see palm trees. I can guarantee it. Take it to the bank because the ocean's coming. Sometimes we get to a place in our lives where God's not showing up and we start to question our faith because things didn't play out like we expected them to. How many times have that, has that happened in your life? It happens a lot in my life where I'm like believing, I'm believing for maybe a family member who's sick to get healed or I'm believing for this or that to come through or this to happen a certain way and it doesn't happen exactly like I thought it should. And so I start going, Lord, Come on, where are you? Where are you, Lord? And he's like, rare. Been here the whole time. Been practically standing here the whole time. And we start to question the Lord because of the circumstances we're going through. But I want to tell you something. Let me share a little truth. The circumstances of our life start to affect the stability of our faith when we lose perspective. Because here's the deal. That verse we read earlier said that faith is the evidence of things seen. No, unseen. Our faith is the evidence of things we haven't even seen yet. Let that blow your mind for a second. 
you're going to see stuff in your life, and you may not know exactly why you're seeing it happen, but I can guarantee you it's happening for a reason, and there is a, there is a plan in place. My kids don't know exactly that we're going to go down 65 and 59 and whatever that other road is we always hit, 231 or whatever it is, but they just know we're driving to Florida. I mean, sometimes you don't know the route God's taking on you, but you're going to Florida. You're going, you're going somewhere in your life, guys. You're going somewhere in your life, and God is taking you there, and you may not know why things are happening the way that they are, but that is where faith comes in because faith is the evidence of things not seen. Stuff is happening, and I don't know why, but I know it's good. I know it's good. I know God is in this in some way. Uh, my daughter, Bella, just a couple weeks ago, decided that she was going to learn to ride a bike. Bella is almost 10 years, ro- oh, 10 years old, and she doesn't know how to ride a bike. I'm going to wait for the judgment. Okay, cool. Dad fail right here. Dad fail. My 10-year-old didn't know how to ride a bike in America. I think that somehow my America card gets pulled out of America. I don't know. But Bella didn't know how to ride a bike yet. My son... Uh, Almost can ride a bike, and that's an even bigger dad fail. If the if the boy can't ride a bike, it's like you can't ride a bike. You can teach your boy to ride a bike. Really, what's wrong with you? Uh, but Bella didn't know how to ride a bike. So we go up to my mother in law's house uh, the other day. Uh, it was for something I don't remember what, because when you go to your mother in law's house, you don't really remember what it's for. But so <laughs> podcast, yay. So um, so no, so we're we're up there. We've got this bike, and uh, Bella is determined that she is going to learn to ride a bike now, today. And it's, and it's like she just decides she's going to ride. The, okay, so Bella is in the driveway, and she is, she's going for it. Like, she's not quitting. There is no quit in this girl. She has decided, I will ride a bike before we go back home. Bless the Lord, we're not going back home unless I'm riding a bike. You guys can leave. I'm staying here. I'm learning to ride this bike. And so she attempt after attempt after attempt after attempt. You know the deal. When you're learning to ride a bike, you fall. And so she'd fall, she'd get up. She was super awesome. I was like waiting on some drama. I was waiting on some tears. I was waiting on some like dad consoling moments. Nope. She was, she was determined. I've never seen her this determined to do something. I've never seen this like, she's a driven kid, but I've never seen her this driven. I knew there was something more. And so Bella, eventually she, she learned to ride that bike. That day she learned to ride a bike in like two hours. She's done. You get it. You know, once you ride a bike, it's hard to forget how to ride a bike, right? I don't know that that's totally true, but so they say. And if they say it, it must be right. But she learned. She learned. And I was so impressed. I was like, Bella, you are the bomb. You are awesome. Look at you. You learned to ride a bike. And I'm like, why? Why were you so determined to learn to ride that bike? And she's like, I want to ride bikes with Papa when we go to the beach. I know, right? Whew. And she said, I want to make sure, I know Papa's getting some bikes for us down there. And last year, Bella went to the beach, and she was, she was bummed because she couldn't ride a bike with Papa. But this year, she was determined that she was going to learn to ride a bike. Let me tell you why Bella learned to ride a bike the way that she did. Let me tell you why she was able. Bella understood the why. Bella had a really, really good why. And so it helped her accomplish the what. Sometimes in our lives, we start to lose faith because we start to lose the why of what we do. And we start focusing on the what, and we stop focusing on the why. But there's no what in the world that can take away your why when you understand that you do everything you do in life for the glory of God. 
There is nothing that can mess up your why. No what in the world can take away your why. That's okay. You can clap for the Lord because you know it's true. God is our why. Our relationship with our Father and Him being glorified ultimately is the why. And there's no situation that's going to be able to break your faith if you understand the why. Because the Apostle Paul, and we're gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rain on my own parade here in a minute, but I, wanna, I can't wait to tell you about this guy. If you don't know much about him, it's this dude that wrote like a third of the Bible. And, and, and he had a, a true understanding of the why of what God was doing. He understood that no matter what you walk through, you can have faith. No one can take away your why. They can take away your what, but they can't take away your why. And we've gotten confused when we think that if we have enough faith, that we'll get what we want pretty much all the time, but that's not the deal. And when we start to think like that, we've lost perspective and we've forgotten the why. This guy, the, this guy, the Apostle Paul in the Bible, wrote like a third of the Bible, he understood the why. He was beaten, he was mocked, his name was run through the ground, religious people hated him, secular people hated him. His life, he had every reason, in, he had all the what in the world working against him. Every situation that, that he that he walked in just about was mired in some sort of difficulty. But he understood the why. And he said stuff like, hey, you can kill me or I can, you can let me live. I don't really care because I understand the why. Because to live is Christ and to die is gain. You can kill me, I'll just go be with Jesus, or you can continue to persecute me. Either way, the gospel's getting advanced. Let me tell you something. Get to a place in your lives, and I'm preaching to myself, Zach, you got to get to a place in your life where all you're worried about is the gospel being advanced. Like, that is our why. It, it doesn't matter what I go through. I don't care how bad I get it. I don't care how bad of a hand I get dealt. At the end of the day, I still win. That is a freeing place to be. And the enemy would love for you to camp out in a place where you don't realize what your why is. And he'd love for you to camp out in a place where he thinks, you know what, I just can't win in life. I just can't win. You know, the, the cards are just stacked against me. And that is a lie from the pit of hell. Because here's the deal. Here's the other thing that the enemy really hates. Here's the cool thing. This life right here is a tiny, tiny blip on the radar of eternity. And so if every single day that we ever live on this earth is, is mired in difficulty, it doesn't matter. We still win. No matter what we walk through on this earth, we still win. We've been given the victory. It is a past tense deal. And we walk around and we lose faith sometimes because we forget that it's a past tense deal, isn't it, Quinn? It's past tense. We were just praying for the worship team the other night, and we were praying for one of our team members that's struggling with some, some difficulties in their health. And, and one of the things that Quentin prayed was, Lord, I thank you that this healing that, that needs to happen is past tense. Jesus already took care of it. But the enemy has fooled us into thinking we have to live all down and out and defeated, and you don't. Everybody say, I don't have to be defeated. You don't have to live like that. The Apostle Paul, uh, I was telling you about all the bad stuff that happened to him, and he had this physical disability. Uh, and and the, the thing I want to try to communicate right now is this. Just because something is hard doesn't mean that God isn't here. Just because something is hard doesn't mean that God is not here. The Apostle Paul had this thing going on, and a lot of people think it was like an Achilles heel type of, type of deal. That rhymed, it didn't mean it to. But like, 
that he had some sort of ailment, and he prayed. You see in Scripture multiple times where he prayed for the Lord to take it away. And did God take it away? Do you know? He didn't. God never took it away. He never took it away. And, and he had to deal with this physical disability his entire life. But Paul understood that just because something is hard doesn't mean God isn't here. And the reason he understood this, check this out. It's the last verse in Hebrews, or one of the last verses. is Hebrews eleven thirty nine. 39. And again, this is called the faith chapter, all right? And all these, okay, before, between verse 1 and verse 39, here's what happened. Let me fill you in real quick. All of these epic people that did these amazing things in Scripture, all of these guys that had great faith, they were the champions of faith. They were the poster children for having great faith, okay? That is, that is who the these are, all right? Everybody with me? All of these rock stars of the faith is what it's just gotten done uh, naming off, okay? And all of these, everybody say all. And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. Hmm. But Lord, didn't you just, didn't we just detail out that all of these people had the greatest faith of all time and they followed you with their, their whole heart and didn't, didn't we just talk about how they blindly trusted you? But yet they did not receive the promise. Well, why were they able to keep the faith? Because just because something's hard doesn't mean God isn't here. And Paul had all these people that went before him, and he called them a great cloud of witnesses. It's pretty cool to think about. And he understood, like, hey, I am not the first one, nor will I be the last one to walk through difficulty while I'm, this, I'm on this earth. But that never means that my Father in heaven has abandoned me, ever. It's not what it means. That Those two things do not equate. That formula doesn't work. If something's difficult, my life's got some tough stuff going on, then God must not be here. Not true. Not true at all. And Paul understood that. Sometimes... We need to get our heads out of our situations. Mm? And we just might realize that God can use our hurt to be somebody else's help. Maybe the situation you're walking through isn't even for you. Maybe this difficult time that you're walking through has been set up just so that God could come in and sweep in at just the right moment in somebody else's life if we're paying attention. Maybe this situation isn't about you at all. Whew. That one hurts. I've had, a few, I've had a few of those slaps upside the head. Maybe this situation isn't for, for you at all. Maybe it's for somebody else. Because God knows what's up. He sees the big picture. He knows the route that we're going all along this little road trip. And you don't. You don't know when the detours are sometimes. you got to trust him. And sometimes he's using our situations for other people. So when you're walking through something tough, I don't know about you, but it helps me sometimes to know, you know what? I, don't, I, I can't figure this one out. Lord, I don't know why you're walking me through this. I don't know why I'm going through this. But I know there's a reason. And you know what, Lord? I am praying right now that this is for, this is going to help somebody, either me or somebody else. Lord, whatever you need me to see right here or whatever you need me to not see, I just want to be obedient. That's a great prayer to pray when you're in the middle of something you don't understand and your faith is being te te tested. 
texted. Faith got texted to you. Boy, that'd be nice. God hasn't changed at all. He may be doing something differently than we expect, but that doesn't mean he's changed. God is faithful, period. And that sounds like such an easy statement, but that is one of the most wrecked things in our lives. Sometimes when we're walking through our faith, we forget that God is faithful. He can't not be faithful. That was for my mom, the English teacher. He can't not be faithful. God doesn't know how to be unfaithful. It's not who he is. It's not part of his character. His makeup is faithfulness. It's all about your perspective. Your faith is the thing that determines your outlook when you hit hard times. I want you to tap two people and tell them it's not what it looks like. It's not what it, come on, you can do better than that. It's not what it looks like. Tell them. You better tell them. They may not know. It's not what it looks like. I heard a, one of my favorite pastors, uh, I heard him say one time, it is what it is, but it's not what it seems. I love that. It is what it is, but it's not what it seems. Why? Here, here's the deal. All that verse right there, all these having obtained good testimony through the faith did not receive the promise. Why? Verse 40 tells us, God had planned something better. I don't know what you're walking through, and I don't know why you're going through it. But I'm going to tell you, God has planned something better. And you may not know what that is, and that's not some arbitrary speaketh and reapeth deal. God's a good father. It's what he does. The only gear that our God knows is better. That's the only gear he knows. He is love, and he loves you, and he wants the best for you. And the quicker we figure that out, the easier this life becomes. Sometimes God uses a situation that might feel hopeless, or it might be super difficult, or it might look like he's sabotaging us, but what he's really doing is he's setting us up for a win. I want you to understand something. It's a setup. God is setting you up for a win. That boss that you can't seem to please, and that situation in your marriage that you can't seem to get over, and that relationship with your friend that got broken, that never got fixed, and you don't know exactly what happened, but, but there's something weird there in that situation with your mom or your dad or your brother or your sister that you cannot fix and you've tried every way you can. All of that stuff is just setting you up for a win at some point. God is not going to leave you hanging out to dry. It's not what he does. All of that is a setup. All of that mess, all of that struggle that you're, you're putting up with. These problems that you are getting hit with every day, the problems are just part of the process. The problems are just part of the process. God has proven himself as pretty spectacular at doing what he said he's going to do over the last, I don't know, thousands of years. He's done a fantastic job at being God. And he's shown himself over and over and over again to be faithful, but somehow we still believe a lie sometimes. And we go, our faith starts to get questioned because we lose perspective, because we've forgotten who God was. And all these problems, though, are just a setup. It's just a setup. It's part of the process for a big win later on. We're just setting the enemy up for a big fail at the end. We already have the victory. It's past tense. We need to stop trying to fix our faith so much. We need to start fixing our eyes on God. And what he already said in his word, if my faith is already fixed on what God says and not what anyone else says, my life is going to become exponentially easier. 
I heard somebody say one time, we need to stop drawing thought bubbles over people's heads. Stop trying to figure out what people are thinking. It doesn't matter. What matters is what the Lord thinks. He's already told you what he thinks. You don't even have to guess what it is. Before you were in your mother's womb, he knew you, all that stuff. That's what God says about you. He knows you. Before you start popping up thought bubbles over people's head, know what the Lord says about you and run with that. Fix your eyes on what he says, and you're going to find that your faith is not so easily faltering when you do that. I want to live out the version of my life that God has planned for me. I want to live out the version of my life that God sees fit. I don't want to do it my own way, and I don't want to do it based on what somebody else's faith has walked out. There came a point in my life where I had to decide whether or not I was going to trust God or if I was just going to do the church thing. Whether or not I was really going to implicitly trust what the Lord said or if I was just going to do the church thing. I had to decide that. My mom and dad couldn't decide it for me. My pastor couldn't decide it for me. I had to decide that I was going to own my faith. And when I decided that, and it wasn't that long ago where I really, really, really decided that, when I decided that, something shifted in my life. Something changed in me. And I understood that, you know what, no matter what, and I, I lose sight of it sometimes. I need good people around me to remind me. But there is nothing that can take away the hope that I have. My faith is on a firm foundation, and that means I've got hope. I always have hope. Everybody say always. You always have hope. There's never a moment in your life, no matter what, I don't care what you name, it has not robbed you of the fact that there is always hope. Our God is a God of hope, and he restores hopeless people out of hopeless situations. I promise, I've been there, and he does it. Mm. Here's the deal. We've got to get to a point in our life where we understand this. What we have in our hands, what we have to show for, what we're expecting, is way less important than what you have in your heart. What you have in your hands, when you're walking through a situation and you're saying, Lord, I don't see you in this situation at all. I've been praying about A, B, and C, or my family's life is falling apart, and I don't see you doing anything, Lord. I have nothing to show for it. I'm trusting you, God. My faith is in you, but I don't see anything in my hands. I think the Lord would say, don't worry about it. What's in your heart? What's in your heart? What do you have hidden right here? What do you know? What is the thing? What is your why? That's the thing that nobody can take away from you. And when you get to a point where you walk into situations that are going to be tough, you guys are going to encounter things this week that are going to test your faith. But what is in your heart is way more important than what's out in front of you right here. And we stop looking right here, and we take our hand away from our face. We start trusting God and seeing what he sees. We understand. We can hide his word in our heart. His principles, his truth are right here. And that's what we walk by. Those are the things that we form our roadmap from. Not what we see right in front of us. we got to trust in what we have in our hearts, not what we see out in front of us. Amen? I want to tell you something else, too. This is, this is free. I want to tell you, too, like, Nobody can rob you of your expectations except you. This is not me getting up here and saying, well, 
if the Lord never does what he says he's going to do, I guess that's just God being sovereign. I'm not sandbagging for God. He doesn't need me to do that a bit. All I'm saying is shift your perspective because God's doing something or he's allowing something to happen for a reason. But don't you turn your expectation off at all. I will believe fully for everything I'm praying for, knowing that my Father can fulfill all my needs according to his riches and glory. Like I don't have to, I don't have to question anything. I don't have to start going, well, I better, better hedge my bets here. Lord may not come through. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I am saying when stuff doesn't happen exactly like you think it should happen, what is your perspective? Faith is the evidence of things not seen. The fix for our faith may look more like realizing that faith isn't some obscure, weird thing for us to grasp or something that we've got to go, you know, build, I've got to build my faith account up. Or we've got we to do some more good stuff. We've got to go do this thing and this thing and this thing, and then my faith is going to grow. And, and then we start putting God on this weird uh, relationship scale. And we start saying, all right, well, well God, uh, I'm going to trust you to, to do this in my life. And if you do that, I'm going to tip the scale a little bit towards you, Lord. I'm going to start trusting you just a little bit more, and that's going to build my faith. And that's not, that's not the way this works. We, see, we trust the Lord no matter what because we know our why. What's around you, this is kind of like what I said earlier, but it's a little bit different. What's around you isn't as important as what's in you. If you understand implicitly who the Father is, it doesn't matter what you see around you. Just because God didn't answer your prayer lickety-split doesn't mean it's an opportunity for your faith to start failing. It's not time for you to give up on the Lord. What's happening around you isn't as important as what is in you. And it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. You see there? We always have hope. Christ didn't go anywhere last time I checked. And he is in you. Everybody say, in me. Christ is in you, and he's the hope of glory. Amen? There's always hope. This week, as you're going through your week, you have to realize that God has already made a way for you to win. He has stacked the deck in your favor. Amen? He's already figured it out. He knows exactly what route we're going to travel. He's better than Apple Maps, because anybody is. He's better than Google Maps. Like, God knows what's up. There's not going to be some weird turn left here, and it's going to take you somewhere that's going to mess you up or damage you. You have to trust the Lord implicitly on this journey that he's taking you on. You have to understand that the Father has a good plan for your life. And, and back in the Old Testament, there's this verse we always read. It's, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for hope and future plans prosper you, not harm you. And he was talking to... His people at the time, the nation of Israel, he was talking to his people. But here's the deal. Here's the cool thing about God. Even though that scripture was written to a very specific group of people, God never changes. He doesn't shift. He doesn't up and leave you. You guys may be used to people in your life just up and leaving and inconsistency happening. But God is not that way. We can fix our faith on our Father because he never changes. And no matter what hardships we're going through, God's still there. He hasn't quit on you, and he's not going to. 
you have to trust that we're going somewhere. I want to tell you something. The ocean is coming. Do you smell, do you smell the salt water? You see the palm trees? You see the dirt start turning to sand? Get your flip-flops on, y'all. Get your swimsuits on, because the ocean is coming. The journey may look weird, the road might get strange, but the ocean is coming. I don't know about the relationships that you have in your life that aren't fixed right now, but I'm telling you, the ocean's coming. Do you trust him? Stand up with me. Stand up with me. I want you to say, the ocean is coming. The ocean is coming. We trust you, Lord, that the ocean is coming. Father, I don't, I'm not the dad in charge on this trip. You are. And God, I don't know every single turn, but I know that you do. And so, Father, I ask right now that we would fix our faith on what you've said, that we wouldn't look to the left or the right at what people are saying or what's happening in the circumstances around us, but, God, that we would trust you that the ocean is coming. Lord, when we start to trust you, we see what you're doing in our life. We start seeing some palm trees, and we start seeing all this good stuff that you're doing. I pray that you'd bring that to light, Lord, that we would recognize the good things that you're doing. God, that we would recognize that you love us and you want the best for us. And, Father, those situations that we need to let go of or lay down so that we can fix our faith firmly on you, God, we want to do that right now. Father, we lay those things at your feet. God, you have made this thing simple. And so here we are, Lord. We're saying, Lord, right now we make a change in our lives. We fix our faith on you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Here's what we're going to do. Worship team is going to lead us in a couple choruses. Prayer team, you guys can go ahead and come on down. We're going to open the altars. If there's something in your life that's holding you back from fully trusting God, I want you to come up and get prayer. If, there's, if you have a need in your life of any kind, physical, spiritual, mental, whatever, whatever need you might have, we can have faith that God is going to do what he said he's going to do in his word. And so I want you to come up here and receive prayer. If you have any kind of need in your life, as the worship team leads us through another chorus, don't wait. Come on up here and get your healing. Get what you need. 